Welcome to episode two of Sunrise, Sally. What? Two episodes. Can you believe it's official now? We're we're sticking to this. Exactly. That's <laughs> what I was thinking too. Like, are they going to come back? Do they want more of us? Ah. When are we going to figure it out? No, but uh, truly we uh, cannot thank our friends and family and friends of friends and friends of friends of friends enough for uh, listening to us and giving us the uh, kind of pat on the back that we need to continue. We're, we're really looking forward to bringing you guys more information about the league, about the Panthers, and we can't thank you enough for listening to our silly opinions. No, yeah, thank you. Uh, as of this morning, we checked 90, the 90 of you that have listened to us. Thank you so much to our 90 fans. We're going to continue to pump out new content so that way you can come back and listen to us every week. Officially, I think we're going to drop the episodes on Tuesdays and every Tuesdays and so. Yeah, we decided that at the end of last episode. Yeah, we're like, all right, Tuesday it is. <laughs> so every Tuesday, um, look forward to. Uh, releasing new content and getting feedback from you guys whether it be social media you can follow us on instagram at sunrise Sally. and i don't think we have an x yet or a twitter yet right we don't we don't have a twitter yet i i know that uh elon musk is going to come after me but i just can't bring myself to call it x so twitter it is for now um i might start a twitter why not right um so be on the lookout for that but in the meantime we have an instagram sunrise Sally, all one word Sally with a c all right, so uh, let's uh, go right into. Uh, we had a busy week. Yeah, it I was mean, a busy week. it's crazy the amount of just content that the NHL is pumping out, let alone the Panthers. Oh, yeah. uh, we have a lot to go over. And the first story I wanted to go over is kind of a little bit um, somber, it's more serious, but I really thought that it was important for us to talk about, so we are. So Patrick Laine, who's a forward for the Columbus Blue Jackets and a close friend of our captain, Sasha Barkov, went into player assistance a few weeks ago. Kudos to him. And last Monday, a CBJ podcast posted their weekly upload, and within uh, and within one of the con- contributors, geez, let me see if I can talk, made a really just absolutely off-the-wall, disgusting comment regarding Patrick not being on the ice because of his mental health struggles. So we're not going to re-air the specific comment. We don't, but we do want to send our thoughts to Patrick, uh, who responded on Twitter with, this is just not okay. And it was really lovely seeing all of the responses and the retweets uh, from you know people in the league, people outside of the league, people within the Columbus Blue Jackets, you know fandom, and obviously people outside. And you know, I just wanted to reiterate from some Florida Panthers fans that it's okay to not be okay, and what that uh, podcaster said is inexcusable and gross and just. Yeah, we don't want to give them any more airtime. And last I checked, they actually had wiped everything from the internet of their podcast. Like, it doesn't even exist yep. anymore. They didn't even offer an apology. Nope. Um, but anyway, we couldn't agree more with Patrick, and neither could the hockey world. So um, as a result of the comment and subsequent post by Patrick, fans from around the world have come out against the original poster um, and took it a step further, which I love, to donate to mental health organizations supported by Line A by donating $29 
or more, but 29 is his number. Um, so if any of those listening want to, they, they absolutely can reach out and um, help support Line A and who he's trying to support, these mental health organizations. Teammate Johnny Goudreau, Johnny Hockey, uh, commits to donating $1,000 a point for the rest of the season to Line A's chosen charity, Ohio Health Foundation, which provides mental health resources and support to the Columbus community. Well, this goes back to what we talked about on the first episode, where we're seeing a lot more of these players coming out and going into you know the assistant program and actually putting themselves, their mental health first, instead of like the old days, what we talked about in episode one is just, you know, suck it up and, and get back on the ice. You know, it doesn't matter about how you feel. It's, you got to do it for the team. And like we mentioned on the first episode, if they suck it up at, in the long run, the team is the one that's going to hurt the most, not just the team, but themselves too. You know, well, we got a big congratulations to everybody that not just these professional athletes, but just our regular folks that are reaching out to and, and getting help and, and, you know, and just seeking what's right for them. Yeah, a hundred percent. And there's so, you know, again, it goes back to what we've said before, which is that these, these players and even more than the players, the, the coaches, the equipment managers, the anyone to do with NHL teams. And obviously you can push that beyond the scope of hockey into professional sports. You could push that into, you know, throughout the universe. You know, we live in a day and age now where people are becoming more and more comfortable with saying that they're not okay. Um, and it, it really falls to the rest of us to say, thank you. And we support you and okay, let's get you the help that you need. So, um, anyway, we, and we have, you know, a lot of, we just have a lot of empathy, uh, for Patrick and for other players that have the strength and even those who haven't come out and said that they need player assistance because, you know, it's a hard thing to do. There's still so much machismo and like toxic masculinity in the NHL that, you know, really pushes these guys to, to stay in the dark and to just try to, try to tough it out. So anyway, um, we're really happy with ultimately the outcome of this story, but we did just, you know, want to touch base on it. Yeah. And then also, um, I'm sorry if I mispronounced names. I know some of these names are hard to pronounce, especially the Canadian ones. And, you know, with my accent, too, <laughs> um, recently um, on, the, on the podcast, on the hockey podcast, the popular hockey podcast, uh, Glenn Haley. Haley, right? Well, so on Spit and Chicklets, mm-hmm. Glenn Healy. Go ahead. All right. Um, of the NHL Alumni Association and the NHLPA Players Association on the podcast on February 6th reminded everyone that they help anyone connected to the NHL Alumni Association from players to coaches, managers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That, and it's also completely anonymous that, you know, it's not just active players that anybody that needs the help and assistance are more than welcome to go out and reach out. Yeah. And, and, you know, he went on to add, I really liked this, that he wanted to share the success stories, but of which there are many, but he won't because that's why the program is so successful. And he said, ultimately, there are so many current and former members of both associations struggling, and we need more people like Healy and Spit and Chicklets to stand up and say it's okay to not be okay. Um, and that's something <laughs> I, I hesitate to uh, share this, but, you know, if for what it's worth, I've been, I read a lot. Uh, I read a lot. And um, I read a lot of uh, sports romance books, 
if you will. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, um, but it's funny because well, maybe not obviously, but many of these hockey romances are written by women. And, you know, a lot of the stories in these books surround maybe, uh, a player with a mental health crisis or, you know, somebody who is struggling with something. And, you know, sometimes it's the female character. Many times it's the, the hockey player, um, and of course there are many different tropes, but it's just something that's been popping up more and more. And, and you kind of hear stories on the periphery of the league, like, oh, such and such went into player assistance. But, um, and we were talking, uh, so Guillermo and I both went to the watch party on Saturday at Funky Buddha and we met this really lovely couple and we started talking to them, Brian and Christina. And when we were talking to them, um, they mentioned, well, Christina and I were talking and she said, yeah, you know, it's so crazy how people get all their panties in a twist about the player assistance program because, you know, like Spencer Knight went in for OCD, like, yeah, that's tied to mental health, but, you know, people want to say, oh, they're a sex addict or they're a drug addict or they're a whatever addict. And, and the reality is we shouldn't care as fans. We just should care that they are getting help and they are seeking, you know, to whatever they need to get better in their lives, both on and off ice. And ultimately, if they can't come back to the ice, they, they still need to live and to be okay. So yeah, a little bit of a, a little bit of a hard story to start us couple stories to start us off with today, but we do think they're important and it's important for people to continue to talk about. Yeah. And we encourage anybody to go out, you know, speak up and, and get the help that you you deserve at the end of the day you know it's it's your life sometimes we lose track of ourselves and you know we gotta bring ourselves back to realize that if you need help it's okay to go ahead and seek out whether it be parents uh, your spouse uh, friends whoever it is you know or your favorite athlete if you look up and see that hey you know what they went out and seeked out support or help then you know it's okay for you to to take care of you at the end of the day so we encourage that we support you and uh you know, you got this. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So on another note, uh, one of the other stories that we spoke about last week, a little bit of a lighter story, but um, we talked about how uh, the story between Grieg and Riley, and or Greg, I think is how you pronounce his name, speaking of names that are difficult to pronounce. So Maple Leafs Riley gets a five-game sussy for cross-tech for cross-checking Greg's head at the Battle of Ontario last week. Riley has filed an appeal, um, but we will not see the results of that appeal, I don't know, for a couple days, I think. Probably, yeah. Yeah, um, and he was supposed to have the hearing in person, but because of weather, he ended up just doing a call-in, and he did get five games. Everywhere I've seen online has said, no, that absolutely is fair, makes sense. Um, but I think they're just doing the the player association, and Riley's just doing their due diligence because he doesn't think he believes he deserves five games, excuse me. Um, and so we'll see kind of what the result of that appeal is. But um, from what I've seen across the league, it looks like he's probably going to keep to his five-game suspension, but that really didn't affect him because I think in Toronto's first game out without Riley, they, I want to say they scored, I think it was against LA, and it was like 7 nothing, something crazy. So it's like, okay, well, <laughs> I guess you don't need Riley. I guess what he did was approved by the team. Um, of course, that's just me reading into things, but 
Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. And it, we also have a note here that this contrasts Boston's uh, Olmark, who got a five thousand dollar fine for high sticking. So, but of course, high sticking is very different. Yeah, from... which I think it's it's funny when they released that you know Olmark was getting the five thousand the five thousand dollar fine. A few minutes later, we get the post that bloom. Oh, Riley now is gonna challenge the suspension and he's gonna you know put the appeal so in my head i was like well maybe he saw that they, oh why am i not getting a fine instead why am i getting the suspension maybe fine me instead of giving me the five-day suspension do you think that in his situation would you prefer the fine than the suspension well yeah of <laughs> course any player is going to yeah. take a suspension over a fine but or rather excuse me a fine over a suspension because most of these players you know Look, for us, $5,000 for me, I won't speak for you, but $5,000 for me is a lot. Mm -hmm. But like for these guys, it's kind of a drop in the bucket, you know, not only and maybe Morgan Riley isn't the most famous guy on the Leafs team, but I, I have to imagine he certainly has a couple of endorsements in addition to his uh, salary. And we can look at cap friendly, shout out cap friendly f to see exactly uh, how much he makes per year, but I, I don't think $5,000 is, is really going to affect him. And to, to that end, I see all the time whenever players get suspensions or fines, but specifically fines, fans will jump out and be like, oh, we'll add, you know, we'll, we'll send money. Now, I don't think this ever really happens, um, but, you know, or I, I saw specifically with this Riley suspension, a bunch of Maple Leafs fans and even non-Maple Leafs fans around the league were saying, you know, I bet his team would would pitch in to cover oh, yeah. this to, Big time. to cover the fine. So, yeah, you know, I, I personally think it was fair. I saw a lot throughout the week of like, well, what do you think about it? And everyone I saw said, look, you can't cross check to the head. Should he have, you know, had some retribution? Sure. But uh, but even still, uh, Henrik Lundqvist the storied goalie from uh, the Rangers came out, or he was asked on camera, well, what do you think about the cross-check, or no, excuse me, he was asked, what do you think about the slap shot goal? And Hank said, oh, I don't care at all. Didn't bother me at all. And I mean, this is one of the best goalies in the league saying that. So, you know, I, I just think in some, in some respects, the NHL can be a little bit, um, I don't know, some of the guys can be a little sensitive, if you will. It's not like he attacked one of the, you know, the Maple Leafs players. All he did was a yeah, slap Yeah, it was shot. just a slap shot open net. But like we talked about last week, some people take it personal. Some people to retali retaliate. A lot of fans would have been like, well, if that was me, I would have done something about it. So I think it's like, you know, it's my team. It's the same thing with the rule. You touch my goalie, I'm going to come after you. So they kind of felt like th that slap shot wasn't necessary. But I 100% agree with the suspension. Five games, I, I kind of called it in my head. I was like, if he's, if he's going to get a suspension, it's probably going to be five. But the whole appeal, I was like, dude, it's not necessary. Like, you deserve the five games. But then again, anybody would appeal. Right. I, I would appeal. Everybody would have tried to, you know, loosen the blow. Like instead of five, give me two or one game. So, right, exactly. Yeah. So <clears throat> that being said, let's look at some more news around the league. So Ovechkin is still in the hunt for Gretzky's record. It's pretty much anything that, or it's pretty much everything that anybody watching a Capitals game looks for. You know, is Ovechkin at the top going to take a shot? Is it going to go in? Um, as of 
Valentine's Day. He got six goals in six games. So he's on pace for breaking Gretzky's record in March of 2025. So we're not that far off nope. from, from Gretzky's record being broken. And Wayne is on record as saying that he wants it to be broken and he wants it to be broken by Ovechkin. I mean, Ovi is the guy, especially when they were playing at home here against the Cats. I told everybody in the in the seating and what we were sitting, I was like, "All right, Capita's got a power play. Ovechkin's going to be on top on the left. Look out! He's he's not going to move. He's not going to circle anything. He's going to sit on top, left side, and he's going to bury it." And everybody's like, "No, he's already getting on that old age kind of." It's like Ovechkin on top on the left. Watch out! Yeah. And within, I believe it was like 30 seconds of the power play. Pass it to Ovechkin on top, buries it behind the net. And then I was like, that's it. He's not going to get as much playing time, but whenever there's a power play, he's going to stay on top, and they're going to give it to him, and he's going to find a way to put it behind the net. Easy money. And I have to say, this isn't I, – I feel like, you know, Ovechkin, when you look at it, it's, it's crazy to me thinking about the players' ages, right? Like, Ovechkin is older, but he's, like, our age. Yeah, he's young. <laughs> We're young, but to these right. athletes, it's like, I'm old. Like, yeah. oh. Well, you look at, like, you know, a 36-year-old, and you're like, oh, my God, he's over the hill. But, like, the reality is, then you have a Yager, who we're going to talk about a little bit later, who's, like, 52, and he's yeah. still playing professional <laughs> hockey and playing really well. So it's just funny to me because when you look at Ovi, he's, like, you know, got this grizzled look with the gray hair and the white hair and you're like how old is this man how long has he been around um and we call and i'm sure this is true of many fans but like we call 25 year olds old yeah. you know and it's like do you remember being 25 i want to be 25 again what you're talking about <laughs> right yeah when we think about the core of the panthers they're all 27 28 and we're like oh my god what are their contracts gonna look like oh geez are we gonna be able to afford them until they're 34 30 35 and then you know you talk about the the steep drop off and yeah it's just funny that that's that's how you talk about it in professional sports and you know anyway funny well, yeah i want to retire when i'm 40 and <laughs> not have to worry about anything so yeah isn't that the truth so yeah. i have this is actually not a story but i've been seeing this kind of floating around, the thoughts on NHL scoring value. So our current system obviously is two points for a win, one point for an OT loss, and zero points for any form of loss. Should it go back to three for a win outright, two for an OT win, one for an OT loss, and zero points for a loss? What do you think, Kiermo? Well, I think the NHL was trying to make it more competitive to try to give those powerhouse teams a way to, okay, we're not going to let you just blow through your league and blow through your conference and not have the little guys impossible for them to catch up. So I understand why they kind of went from the current 2-1-0 to try to make it more competitive within the league. But at the same time, I'm confused. Most of the time, I'm like, I, I got to do the mental math, and my mental math is not what it is. But I think it should go back to the 3 2 one zero. Uh, this two one zero is mm, I'm not a I'm not I'm not a huge fan of that at all. Yeah, I don't know where I I don't know where I stand on it. I feel like just looking at it, it feels like it would be more fair for all of the teams yeah. to go three two one zero. 
of course, it's going to maybe inflate some numbers, deflate others. I'm sure I'm not going to say his name right, but I'm sure Dom Lissonghun from The <laughs> Athletic. <laughs> Sorry, Dom, if you're listening. <laughs> um, I think it's Lissonskin, but that's what I that's what I want to say when I look at his name. But I'm sure if he gets a chance, he would correct it. Anyway, I'm sure there are lots of analytics and statistics that back up the 210. Um but I don't know. I just I really like the idea of it being more fair and equitable. Um, obviously, some teams have bad nights or they have crazy lights out good nights where you're like, oh, my God, you can't do anything wrong, i.e. the Panthers on Saturday. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think we should go back to the three, two, one, zero. Yeah, I mean, it's, I see what they're trying to do, trying to make it more, well, in my opinion, trying to make it more fair around the league. But at the same time, it's like... If, if you're just the dominant team, you just no matter what the point system is, you're always going to find a way to stay on top regardless of the point system. Yeah, and you know, that actually made me think of our all-star situation because there were a bunch of the top players from around the league. I want to say Nathan McKinnon was one of them who, you know, talked about um, in some of the interviews leading up to the all-star reveal of the players, you know, how frustrated he was that so many of the players that deserved to go to all-star based purely on analytics and metrics didn't get a chance to go because there were better players on their team and you can only have one representative from all 32 teams and then you get um, 16 that are voted in, I think is the system right now. Um, And of course this year, interestingly enough, we saw I think six players from Vancouver make it in on the vote. So you know, to that end, Nathan McKinnon kind of got what he wanted. He got all of these quote unquote great players, but I do think it makes it a little less fun for the, the average, uh, NHL fan watching. Yeah. I don't know because yeah. Okay. We had Reinhardt there, but he really didn't get to participate in anything except for the game. Um, he didn't get to participate in any of the skills competitions and I think he could have, um, so I don't know. I go back and forth on that uh, when it comes to the all-star uh, inclusion. I feel like the, the NHL is still trying to figure out what themselves are trying to do with the all-star this year. They say, okay, well, in order for them to be serious, we're going to pay, we're going to share it, or we're going to give them a million dollars to actually care. But even some of the players were like, mm, you know, that's, it's a million dollars, you know. We're going to try our best. Uh, of course, the, the bad guy of the all-star this year was uh, Kucherov. Uh, the fans were booing at him because his attitude was like, well, I don't care about the skill challenge or I didn't care less about just being here. I just, who cares? His attitude was. I don't like Tampa, (laughs) Um, but I would say that I actually really liked what Kucherov did because it almost just goes to show like, yeah, these guys are competitive and everyone came out, every player came out in defense of Kucherov and said, if you know Kucherov, you know that he is the competitor. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's more competitive than most of the guys here. But, you know, he also sees kind of how ridiculous mm-hmm. the all-star game is right now. And I know I'm probably going to get some hate for that or at least some pushback, but I just, and I know I said it last episode, I just, I don't think I'm a fan of the all-star game and I'm really looking forward to next year when, uh, they do the, the, the countries, I think it's four countries that they're going with. 
what are they calling the the global series again so the global series yeah and it's usa canada finland and sweden Mm -hmm. i'm super excited about that (laughs) um yeah so something else a little bit of good news around the league anthony duclair or duke as uh, panthers fans know him as he is as many know a vocal activist in equality in the fight against racism the driving force behind his anthony duclair foundation the sharks forward wants to create a safe environment for black and minority hockey players and a platform for them to develop a love of hockey something that has brought him happiness and success his foundation uses its funds to run grassroots hockey programs providing on and off ice sessions as well as equipment and his work continues to inspire new and diverse generation of hockey players um we love duke he's beloved in south florida and he kept his word and he's building a synthetic reek at rink at boyd anderson high school committed to giving back to the diverse community that makes south florida south florida he's especially committed to his work with the hockey diversity alliance the hda that fights against systemic racism and intolerance in the league. He was down in Florida for a couple years, and he won over the hearts and minds of many of our Panther fans with his speed and charisma on and off ice. Um, After his Achilles injury and with our long list of forwards, it was only a matter of time before he got traded, but... We definitely love Duke and would love to see love to see him thrive. And it's it's kind of sad seeing what's happening to him with the Sharks, but um, just because they're not a great team and he his metrics aren't great this year, um, but we know that he is poised for greatness. So love love to see Duke succeeding. Well, I love to see these um, these athletes. Shows you, well, I should say, it shows you how much he appreciated and how much he loved the South Florida community where a lot of players would just leave and no start this project at the current team they're at, at the current city they're currently at. But for him to be like, no, my love for South Florida runs really deep. I'm going to go back and get back to the community that I, that I loved and I spent some time with down here. And then for those that don't know, uh, Boyd Anderson High School is heavily populated by minorities in that school. And then to show you that, you know, I'm giving back and I'm sticking to my word that I'm not going to give up on this. And I'm looking forward to see how this looks. Yeah, and not for nothing, uh, Bill Zito actually attended his groundbreaking for the rink. So, again, just goes to show Billy Zito, there's no love lost there. It's not like, you know, it's not like he did anything wrong with Duke. He knew that, you know, both of them knew it was a business decision. And something that's really cool about Anthony Duclair is he's his own agent, which some people would probably balk at and be like, oh man, that's terrifying. Like, how can you get a good deal for yourself? But one of the reasons why Duke, at least this is what I've read before, one of the reasons he became his own agent was because he felt like he wasn't being adequately represented as a black athlete um, and getting as much as he could by somebody representing him. So he decided, you know what, I'm going to do this myself. And he's he's done a really great job. Yeah, and I applaud him and I just wish him the best and the, uh, always love and many, 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 many success on and off the ice. So here, here. All right, here's another interesting story. This one is one that Guillermo and I have been talking about for at least the last three days. We are very excited about this, and uh, we hope that a bunch of Panthers fans and Dallas Stars fans are excited about this as well. The Florida Panthers are going to play the Dallas Stars in Tampere, Finland in November of next season, which means we are playing in Finland in nine months. Oh, I can't wait. 
Cannot wait. Uh, Barkov, of course, our captain is from Tempere um, and he gets to play in front of his hometown. And I really think we need to set something up or maybe even the Florida Panthers would be willing to put together a like package, a travel package for, you know, fans to go over to Tempere. And I'm sure the you know, the whole place is going to be sold out anyway because he has a bunch of Finnish fans uh, that have come over to the United States. So I personally think that Florida Panthers fans need from Florida, from the United States, from Canada, wherever, but, you know, from from the U.S. need to show up and show out for, for Barkov. I, I love that we're doing... We're, the Panthers are not the only team that's going to be playing in a, in a, in a foreign country. Uh, the NHL is expanding to try to promote the league all around the world. And it's something that, for those that don't know, the NFL is currently doing. They've been playing in Germany, London. Now they're going to be playing in Brazil. They're going to be playing in Spain. And I would love to see the NHL do more of this. Let's go out there. Yeah, the people are saying it's a global sport. Okay, but it's not global when it's just Canada and, and the U.S. You know, it's it's nice to go out to Finland, especially at Barkey to be playing. And, you know, his, I can guarantee his entire family is going to be there. School teachers, probably, you know, best friends are still there. His Everybody's going to be there, but it's nice to see that we're expanding. And I've been talking to friends who's like, well, I can't wait to go to Finland. And a lot of people are like, well, Finland is not a good place in November. It's, it's rainy a lot. It's cold. And I was like, well, I don't care. It's <laughs> hockey, especially the Panthers. And it's Finland. I, it's Finland. I mean, come on. Check off the list. We're going <laughs> to Finland. And I don't care what the weather condition is. I already, I already told Tori, we're, we're going there. I've been, you know, kind of bothering her. It's like, we're going right, we're going right, we're going right. And it's no bother. I just keep saying, why do you keep asking? I've already <laughs> said yes. And I'm going to make sure my passport is up to date. And I'm going to apply for the visa tours because now the EU is asking for uh, American people to... You got to need now a tourist visa to go to Europe now. It's no longer buy your ticket, go. Oh, dang. I didn't know that. So, But it's like an $8 fee. So. All right. So you set that all up, and I'll just I'll just give you my credit card. Right, I got you. I'm a good planner. <laughs> Take my money. <laughs> you won't be disappointed. I'll, I'll set up the itinerary. I'm already looking into things to do outside watching oh, the game. And I think, I could be wrong, but I think November is a decent time to see the Northern Lights. It is. It actually it says it that starts. that is on my bucket list. So... so. Uh, everybody come with us. Uh, I hope, uh, like you said, the Panthers <laughs> organize the way, like, you know, a travel package, hotel, flight, or or just find us a way to make it easier for us to to find the game and to to not just make it a local thing to Finland, but try to get more people from here in the States or Canada to go. And, and it, I love to have more of this, where it's easy for tourist people to go and see the world. Because I've talked to people like, well, I've never left the United States. And if you're a hockey fan, this is an opportunity now, especially if you're a Panthers fan, an opportunity to leave the country and see what's out there. And Finland's beautiful because I've been seeing a lot of YouTube videos of it. <laughs> and I, I just cannot wait to see this. And congratulations for the Panthers and the Dallas Star to on agreeing to this. Yeah. And to, to taking the initiative to playing outside, you know, our comfort zone. Exactly. And I know that this has probably been planned for like a year, but 
I'm going to take Guillermo and I are going to take credit for it because in our first episode, we were upset that the Panthers didn't have a stadium series or an outdoor game. But I will take a game in Finland over an outdoor game. Yeah. Not every day, but certainly for the next couple of years. So kudos to the Panthers. And I'm excited because, of course, Mason Marchment, at least for the next year, should be on uh, the stars. So um, I just can't wait to see kind of maybe Barky open up a little bit more because he's such a, you know, I won't say timid, but he's just very reserved. I, so. I want to see the Panthers do what they did with the father's trip, where they did a whole video series of, the, of what the dads were doing. I would like to see, like, Barky take to, to the team out to, like, this is where I ate coffee, you know, <laughs> or this is where I grew up. And this yeah, is well, like we a, know they're going to do that. Panthers so. trip. Um, but to stick to a lighter, more news, did you know that we had a professional women's hockey league? Yes, of course. They started on January 1st was their first game, and... I am so excited about the PWHL. All of their games, Guillermo, did you know, are streamed on YouTube for free for everyone to watch every game. There are currently, uh, are there six yeah, teams? We there have are a six new, teams. New original six in the league. New now. original six. You can't beat that. And um, some just epic names in women's hockey are on these teams. They had a draft. And uh, there was a game on the 26th um, between Toronto and Montreal that smashed previous attendance records. They had 19,296 people in attendance. That's mm -hmm. crazy. That's mm -hmm. more than most NHL games. Yeah. And, you know, I know people are going to say, oh, well, it's just a one-off. Oh, it's just, it's whatever. It was right after the All-Star game. But I got to tell you what, women's hockey is nothing to laugh at. Um, and as is true for women's sports and it's just really awesome seeing, you know, finally women's hockey get their due. You know, they had two sort of professional leagues prior to the PWHL. Um, and a lot of people came out against the PWHL because they were like, well, you don't even have mascots. You don't even have team names. Like everything is so blah, but Sarah nurse, one of the biggest names in women's hockey, uh, who plays for Toronto, sister of Darnell Nurse. Her other sister, I think her name is Kia? I think maybe Mia? Mia? Who dropped the puck for the Montreal-Toronto game. Anyway, Sarah Nurse came out in many interviews and said, we don't care. Look, we threw this together in six months. A name will come. Mascot will come. Yeah. We just want to play hockey. And, you know, I was actually watching um, Minnesota versus Boston game on YouTube. And a lot of the fans were saying, hey, guys, we should start organizing within our cities to make the fan mascots. Or let's vote and, like, present it to the league. Look, us as a fan of Minnesota, we want to call the Minnesota the Minnesota Valkyries. We got the Minnesota Vikings. We want to stick with the more NOR methods. And we want to be called the Minnesota Va Valkyries. That's, in there. that's so really cool. So the fans cool. themselves, and these YouTube streams are getting 10,000, 19,000, 20,000 views daily. And then to, to add it on, Bally Sports just signed a contract to start showing the games on their network. Yes, so they did. So they're slowly but surely, guys, like I said, we got a new original six. For those that don't know, we got three teams in the Canadian side, three teams in the U.S. side. We got Ottawa. Toronto, Montreal for Canada, and representing the U.S., we got Boston, New York, and Minnesota. So, yeah. 
And I'll talk about this more as it gets closer, but I'm actually going to visit a couple girlfriends in late April to see a PW, like specifically to go see a PWHL game between uh, Boston and Minnesota. So jealous. Yeah, I'm so, so excited <laughs> about it. Um, I might have to buy uh, a jersey. I know you've bought one for Steph, so I'm a little, or you're, you might. Well, I mean, I might just keep it, but <laughs> I want to go, like, guys go out there and support their, league, uh, their fan site right now. There's everything. You can get the inaugural puck drops for each team. You can get the, the it's nice to get the jerseys now because you can say, I had the original of the original. Mm. You know, they don't have the mascot's name or the names of the teams. It's just the city names. But it's to say, look, I had it before there became the Valkyries or the Boston's whatever or the New York whatever's. See, to say that I have one of the original stuff, I might just go out there and get me a few things before they become, you know, a one and out. So go out there, support, and yeah. So jealous you're going to see a PWHL. <laughs> well, you know, maybe in the future there will be, you know, uh, like I know that two of the teams are actually going to be playing in Pittsburgh because uh, I know Sidney Crosby was interviewed at the All-Star game. Of course, I have to bring up Sid. And, uh, you know, they said, what do you think about the PWHL and women's hockey? And he said, oh, my God, I love it and would love to have a team in Pittsburgh. And why not? I think that that's a really great idea. Of course, I'm paraphrasing, but... Um, so I think that, you know, we'll start with the six teams and then see kind of the interest from there, but I could absolutely see a team in Pittsburgh. I could see, I personally could see a team in Florida, but that's me just having a little bit of a pipe dream. You know, for those of you who've been fans of sports in South Florida for 20, 30 years, you'll remember the Miami soul. Um, I used to go to a couple of those games. They weren't, uh, hockey that was basketball, but um, it was fun. And we had a professional women's soccer team. And, you know, um, I think that women's sports are definitely on the come up and we need to treat them just as seriously. I know this is a little bit off topic, but I was watching the, I don't know, highlights yesterday of um, the all-star game for basketball. And I saw that Steph went up against uh, Sabrina Ionescu for the three point challenge and she went in knowing that she wasn't going to win against Steph because he's the best you know he's the yeah. three-point assassin but she said I just want to hang with Steph and she shot from the men's Three. from the NBA yeah. line and you know I say it like that because a couple of the commentators said oh well she would have won if she shot from the women's but her whole point was it doesn't matter if you're man, woman, kid, child, whatever. If you can shoot, you can shoot. And, mm -hmm. you know, she tied with the top three men after Steph Curry, which just goes to show she's a baller. Yeah, applaud to you. And, yeah. you know, it's time to pay dues. Uh, for uh, Women's Sports Day, Boston all showed up for their game in the PWHL Boston outfit. So they were showing their support. They were wearing the jerseys and they even made a little promo video, you know, with that song with my jersey on. And they were showing up wearing the PWHL jersey to represent Boston and to showing them that, you know, we're one city, one love, one team. So we need more of that. Hopefully I'm with you. Panthers, <laughs> you know, will have their own, you know, it's been off when we get a women's team down here in South Florida. We have a lot, a lot of support down here for women's sports. So let's, mm -hmm. let's do it. I do think we need to grow the game, the game of hockey a little bit more. Um, but I would love to see a woman's team down here. 
Um, so speaking of different players wearing, you know, uh, different jerseys of, uh, what'd you say it was Boston who wore the Boston PWHL jersey? Well, the Penguins hosted Yager Knight to retire his number, (laughs) number 68, Famously, he played for the Penguins and won two cups for them and then continued on in multiple stints on multiple teams, including our Florida Panthers. We, as South Florida fans, love Yager. You know, even though we knew when he came in, okay, this is definitely like there's a time clock on this. He's not going to stay forever. We're not going to be able to pay him, whatever, whatever. It was just super cool to see 68 play for us. And, you know, it was also really great to see him come out and what the Penguins did for him on Yager night on his Jersey retirement. Um, You know, he came out and took warmups with the boys just to see, and it's just great just to see how much the organization and the NHL loves Yager. I feel like this year, the NHL, what's the other players this year having more fun and the love that they're showing for, for the the guys that pretty much lay the road for these young stars. Yeah. I, I couldn't stop laughing when, the, you know, all the pins were coming out in number 68 and they were wearing, some of them were wearing mullet wigs on and Heck they were yeah. just having fun. Your, your love, Sidney Crosby, was <laughs> one of them. He was just having fun. Yeah. And, you know, giving these, these, um, these guys that lay the roadmaps for them, giving them the moment they need one last time. And even Yager skated the ice one last time when everybody went in, everybody was just giving him the standing ovation and cheering. You know, it, it made me happy seeing this. You know, it's like we're, we're, we're respecting these guys and we're showing them, we're giving them their moment to shine. Yeah, big fan of Yager. And, uh, you know, he's just, he's pretty epic as a human being. And he's very, um, I don't know. Uh, I just, I, he, Yager's Yager. You know, Yager gonna Yager. Yeah, I got my bubble head of him still. You know? <laughs> I don't know what happened to my Yager bobblehead. Uh, I have the 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 2015 or 2016 Aaron Eckblad bobblehead. Oh. I think that's the the last bobblehead I have. But yeah. So the other big news from this weekend, other fun thing going around the league was the outdoor stadium series. So the first game was the Flyers versus the Devils, and you know, of course, I have to say that Tippett, one of our actually, we were he was. Uh, taken in the draft by the Panthers and played for us for a few years going up through our system. He never really could get off the ground here. And so um, I know there's at least one hockey fan, a Panthers fan, who is a huge Owen Tippett fan. Um, but most people were not sad to see Tippett leave. But it, it just goes to show I love how much he's flourishing with the Flyers. He scored their only two goals um, for the game, I think the final score was 6-2. So the Devils definitely won out, and uh, it was it was a little scrappy. Yeah, goes to show, never count out the Devils. The Devils were going into that series, being the, the underdog, the one that was like, whoa, it's the Devils. But like I mentioned last week, it's always those teams that you say, whoa, it's that team. It's the one that's going to show out and, and teach you a lesson. I mean, not for nothing, uh, former Devil P.K. Subban came in to the Devils locker room and gave them their pep talk slash uh, reading out the lineup. And if you haven't seen it, y'all, you need to go watch it. It is pretty epic. Yeah. Uh, and even a couple of the players after the fact, I think Nico Hershier was one of them who said, yeah, I'll give it to PK. He definitely fired <laughs> us up and got us, got us that win. We'll give it to him. 
Um, nobody is more of a devil's stan than uh, P.K. Subban. So yeah. funny enough, since he spent most of his career with Montreal and with uh, Nashville. You know, one thing that everybody knows that he stands out is his outfits. Heck yeah. He's always good with his outfits. And, uh, you know, uh, the Flyers and the Devils didn't disappoint with their outfits showing up from the stadium series. So what do you thought of that? Well, I love when the players have fun with this and when the organizations let them have fun. You know, it goes back to what you were saying a few minutes ago. Like, let the boys have fun, you know? Like, obviously, they're they're being paid to play this game that they've loved for their whole lives. Um, so I absolutely loved that the Flyers dressed up as Rocky, Rocky Balboa, and the Devils dressed up in track suits and slicked back hair. Uh, some of them were even holding um, espresso cups, <laughs> hearkening back to the Sopranos. I personally think Tony Soprano would be proud. Uh, what about you? Did you like their outfits? I love it. It goes back to what I said last week, how the Krakens were having fun with their fishermen's outfits and... It's it's it, it brings more it brings another layer of atmosphere to the games. It, it lets them know that you know they're they're not being forced to be there. That yeah. the boys are coming out of that bus and they you know they see them. It's like I wanted to become next year. Like, well, why this team is gonna come dress now? You know, it's like it's gonna be the new fashion thing where it's like, oh, what they're gonna wear today? Well, yeah. I think they've been doing it for years, yeah. right? Um, but I was a little disappointed, as were most people, oh, uh, yeah. with the Islanders versus Rangers in Game Two. Uh, what they came dressed as. So the Rangers did come dressed in, I think it was um, the fire... Yeah, first responders. First responders. Um, So that was pretty epic. And I mean, it makes all the sense in the world because they actually host the game every year at the Garden between uh, the NYPD and the NYFD. Uh, So that was really cool to see. But then you have the Islanders showing up wearing just suits and ties and it was a big letdown. Like, come on, you could have done so many things with New Jersey yeah. and everybody's blaming Lou Lamorello. I don't know who to blame, but I am a little disappointed and not for nothing. I think uh, it might be the reason why the Islanders weren't able to pull off the win last night. Oh man, they dropped it <laughs> hard last night. Ooh, they, you know, the Rangers come and look, the Rangers are in a very good team this year. There's, you, you can't dispute that. Uh, but to come back and score three unanswered goals to win 10 seconds into overtime, 6-5, uh, they did it in epic fashion. And, you know, hats off to the Rangers. And they did it with, you know, all of the, you know, aplomb. I don't know why that, that word is stuck in my head. But they did it with, um, yeah, lots of flair. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, that it is what it is. We'll, we'll look forward to next year's um, series. Let's see what will happens. We, will uh, we look forward uh, to no, next year's I mean, series? No, because I'll be too busy <laughs> going to Finland and watching. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, next year, is, I think, is is uh, in Columbus, right? Columbus, it's in the shoe. Yeah. Which part of me wants to see because my whole family went to Ohio State. So, I mean, that could be really cool um, to see a game up, up at Ohio State. And they have their own D1 hockey team. Mm-hmm. Pretty epic. Um, so hopefully they give tickets to, to the teams up there, but, uh, yeah, um, that's it for news around the league. Let's, let's talk about how crazy of a week the Panthers have had. (laughs) (laughs) We were on the road. And as I mentioned, these cats are, are, when they hit the road, they hit the road and it's, we're, we're a road team. 
uh, we're, we're a monster on the road. And we had two back-to-backs, one rest day on a Friday, and then another game on the road against our rival, in-state rival, Tampa. So before we get to that big Tampa game, let's let's uh, rewind to Valentine's Day. Happy mm. Valentine's Day. Cats versus Penguins. Cats versus Penguins. Yeah, and uh, go right ahead. Let's recap that. Yeah, so it was really fun. I even posted a picture on uh, my story on Instagram uh, because I was watching two casts at once. I was watching <laughs> the Chicklets Alt cast, which was the first time they've done cast like live streams before but it was the first time that it was picked up by tnt they were in studio it was actually it was so fun to listen to those guys i like spitting chiclets a lot i especially like that the guys from tnt actually came in like on rotation and yeah. sat down with the guys <laughs> and you know we're asking questions of the interviewers and and whatnot so it was just so fun to watch that and even though uh i i definitely think there was a little bit of a bias toward the Penguins by the Chicklets podcast, but that's okay because we obviously are Panthers uh, leaning. Um, so it was really fun to watch that. I especially appreciated that um, Keith Kachuk or Papa Kachuk or Walt, Big Walt, whatever you want to call him, um, Brady and uh, Rick Tockett were all interviews on the podcast, and those were pretty epic interviews, yeah. not going to lie. Um, yeah, so... The, the game itself was really, I don't know, like the first period was kind of like not, I don't know, I wasn't that blown away. No, I mean, I, we ended, for those that don't know, we ended the first period 0-0. Um, but it was just going back and forth. And I was like, okay, maybe, you know, it's the first game on the road. Maybe uh, we're, I, I call it lazy hockey sometimes, where it was just, we're just, passing it without passing it we're just clearing it out to clear it out and then i was like okay uh they're they're playing sleepy but it was also a good defensive game both goalies were were making the blocks were making the saves and i was saying it's going to come down to who's going to make the first error yeah and we'll remember those of us who watched that it was a like you said i don't know that it was lazy hockey but it was it just felt like a slow first yeah. period like there were only four there were only seven shots total in mm-hmm. the first period uh, in four three in favor of the Panthers, and uh, one of the the first interviews that we got was Big Walt, um, and he was asked about Maddie in the mix in a scrum with Benny along the boards, and uh, Walt did not disappoint. He says Florida plays hard, and I like it. That's why they're in the position they are now, um, and it's almost like they could hear him on the <laughs> on the pod, or rather on the stream. Um, and in the second period, the Penguins score on their third power play, but it's called back. Uh, Maurice challenges for high stick because after the stick, there's no possession by the Panthers and we get the call we want. There is no goal and we get our first goal pretty soon after that. Kachuk to Erod out of the box to Kachuk who buries it. And I may have asked a friend of mine that night. I was like, why did Kachuk get an assist and a goal? <laughs> and he said, no, that, that's not how, that's not how it works, Tori. And I'm like, damn, I know, but wouldn't it be great if they could? <laughs> assist and a goal on his own goal. But no, that pass to the pass was beautiful. It was. Beautiful. Yeah. And then our second goal came from Jonah Gajevich, number 12, who, uh, you know, we picked up this year and I think everybody was kind of like, ah, oh, whatever. 
he has been so great. He doesn't score a lot, but that's okay. You know, as a fourth liner, he's not there to score a lot. He's there to get into scrapes and to stand up for players and to to be a as much of a goodis as he can yeah. be. <laughs> Um, and so he, he tips Monty's shot from the blue line. We're up to zero. Then we get Ek blast from the point <laughs> to go three Oh on the power play and an apple and a beauty of a screen from Matthew, which, you know, just, just makes me happy. It's just so great to see, you know, Matty T who at one point in the season before January 1st, I think he was on track for only 65 points in the season. And now he's at 65 and it looks like he's on pace for a 94 point season. So shout out to Matthew. And of course I love how, you know, humble he is when, when everybody asks, well, Matthew, what changed about your game? What, what finally turned the faucet on? And he's like, nothing. I'm, I'm playing the same game. He actually said that on, on spit on the alt cast, he said, I've played the same game that I've played since the first game back. I was absolutely ready to come back after, um, after summer. Yeah, it was a little shorter, but I was a hundred percent ready to go. And, you know, we see this and, and more and more fans that I've spoken with, obviously Guillermo and others, it's just really nice to see that, that none of our Panthers are, um, selfish. They're so selfless and it doesn't matter who gets the, who gets the goal? They just want to score. No, of course. And then, you know what surprised me in the final goal with Lindell? It was right at the end of the quarter. I was like, okay, they're going to, you know, I think it was 10 seconds left, 15 seconds left, something like that. And I was like, all right, you know, they're just going to hold the puck, end the game, and we're going to 3-1, we're going to win. Nope. They saw the shot, and they buried it. I was like, no, we're not here. To me, it was a statement. It was like, no, we're not going to just come out with a win. We're going to rack up as much points as we want. We don't care how many seconds there is on the left. We're going to continue to play hockey, and we're going to be dominant. And I was like, yes, I like this. Give yeah. me more. And not for nothing, but that final goal from Anton was pretty crazy. Like, he shot it and from the point, and it went up into... It looked like it went up, like... 30, 40 feet. Jari was like, oh, that's definitely behind me. Like, I don't have to worry about it. He resets himself and it just like floats behind his shoulder in goal. And all of this happens in the span of like four seconds. Our team is celebrating. Jari's like, what the heck? (laughs) And I thought that was pretty great too. Um, So the final score ends up being 5-2. Former Panthers prospect John Ludwig actually scores his first NHL goal um, against his former team but we'll take it a dominant second and third to pick up two points and move within two points of the bad Bruins in the Atlantic (laughs) (laughs) they're still my third least favorite team so I can I can still appreciate how good the Bruins play yeah I mean the Bruins is the Bruins and you got to watch your back especially when you know they're always the number one dominant team and everybody always says like well you go if you. I've never been to the TD Garden, but you see their banners. Not just the Bruins, but the Celtics. They're they're a championship winning team, and with championship winning teams come a championship mentality. And yeah, there's they were sitting the top of the league, but you know what? It's ours now. <laughs> well, way to spoil that. <laughs> I mean, if anybody looks at the standings, they'll see that too. But yeah, so with that being said, going into our 
our Thursday night game against Buffalo, we were two points back. And um, if I'm not mistaken, I think the Bruins lost in regulation. So we were like, okay, we can yeah. we can even up with them. And it was a back-to-back. So I don't know how many people were really like, okay, we're definitely going to win. Um, period one, there's continued pressure. And Carter Verhage scores first, all thanks to Barkov and his disgusting stick work. Disgusting is a good thing in this mm-hmm. uh, context. Carter was right in front, and he did not miss. He was exactly where Reinhardt usually is when he scores up on the bumper position um, and took advantage and just buried it. Um, this was the this game-opening goal uh, helped Barkov reach his 40 assists for the season, which is, I think, the is a record for the Panthers. Yeah. But not just that, but there was a lot of possession from us, especially in the fourth period. Um I think it was the final floor of a shot, 13-13. Uh, dominant first period. Panthers were on it, and especially since it's a back-to-back, we tend to usually be like, well, how are we going to come out? You know, Are we well-rested? Are these players actually? And then we travel. So you're not just playing a back-to-back in a short city like within you know, two pits. Like, say, Florida is like, okay, they're playing here, and then we're just going two, three, four hours down the street. No, we're leaving Pittsburgh to go to a different state. Yeah, you know, and so it's and it's not just a close day. It's Buffalo's all the way up there, right? Oh, I have no idea. I'm like, <laughs> I'm trying to think about the the geography in my head, but I feel like Pennsylvania and New York are pretty close pretty to one close, another. But I think Buffalo's <laughs> all the way in top tri-state, right? It is. It is. It's, a, it's it's upstate, if it's, you will. So, and then you're gonna get off. Try to get as much rest as you can and get back on. But the second period, Benny earns a soft penalty for boarding. Uh-huh. I, you know, this actually, I don't know, whatever it is what it is. Right. Because, and this is what Guillermo and I say to our kids on the field, like you never go against the, uh, the refs because it's just going to make it worse. I mean, unless you wear the C or the A, it's like, whatever, you just take the, take it. And, and to be fair, you know, Bennett definitely, and some of our other players too, but Bennett especially plays on that line. So I think it was a soft boarding call, but I admit to, you know, being a little biased, but yeah, he takes that soft penalty for boarding. Buffalo comes out hot in the second period. Mm -hmm. They rack up some shots, But is Lindell going on a heater? He tips a shot from Kachuk, scoring on a delayed penalty, and he sits at three goals in two games. I mean, the thing with the Panthers is anybody can 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 turn it on. A lot of people were like, "Well, Reinhardt right now is on a you know streak. Everybody's going to be expecting Reinhardt to go." But then it's Lindell, and then if it's not Lindell, then it's Kachuk, which we're going to talk about in in you know in game three. If it's not Kachuk, then, then it's going to be Verhage. If it's not Verhage, our captain Barkov could step it in and, and get it in. So it's anybody in the Panthers team at any moment when we need them will turn it on for the team and, and, and provide yeah, provide for us. Yeah. And, you know, maybe something we can talk about in a future podcast is kind of where Lundell is sitting because, you know, he was signed for three years, which is after his ELC, which is great. Um, and I'm a big fan of Anton. Um, and everybody keeps saying, no, he's a bargaining chip. Like, you know, we can use him to get some players for the trade deadline. But 
I just don't think Zito's ever going to trade this man because I think Barkov would just be so upset. (laughs) Like this is this man, since he came here is called baby goat, you know? And, you know, I don't know that Lindell has necessarily quote unquote lived up to the expectations that, you know, people, and maybe even he himself has put on himself, but I think Lindell is finding his groove and he needs to figure out how to kind of gel with the line that he's on. And I think maybe at least this year, that's kind of what he's doing right now. Um, so it's nice. It's nice to see him playing a little harder on the puck. It's nice to see him have a little bit more confidence in his game. And so props to props to Lindell for three goals in two games. And, um, Then we move on to period three where Buffalo is still pushing on offense. They are not giving up. They are not, you know, turning over and showing us their stomachs. Uh, Carter gets a second goal as an empty netter with 133 left, which is a pass from Rhino, Mm -hmm. which very unselfish. Very unselfish. Yeah, because... Racked up the 40 point, right? Exactly. He's looking at 40 goals and he's still looking at 40 goals because of how unselfish she is. Uh, and then Lombie scores on the power play with 10 seconds left, riling up the <laughs> Buffalo bench. <laughs> yeah. It is amazing. I think Goldie said it in one of his post-game uh, interviews or maybe just it was in some of his commentary, like, look at the Buffalo bench and then look at the Panthers bench going crazy for Lomberg love to see it this man is just he's he's got such an infectious spirit um he loves playing hockey he loves playing for the Florida Panthers and it was a shutout cats went 4-0 and a lot of you guys are probably listening to us and it's like oh it's a shutout so that means Bob was on the net uh Mm. no we didn't have Bobby behind in that shocker to believe to everybody we have Stolarz he Mm. was the starting goalie of the game and he was the number one, to me, he was the star of the game. He blocked 45 shots, well, 45 saves, went out the first shot out on the road, first shot out as a Panther, and now he is sitting the number third, right? Number three in the Panthers all shot out history with 45. Not Bobby, okay? <laughs> Stollard. Well, Bob isn't even in the top five. Looks nope. like Craig Anderson, James Reimer, Stoli, Luongo, and then Van Breesbrook. So, you know, he's he's sitting with some Panthers royalty for sure. I'm sure Luongo had a nice uh, big hug for him after the game, oh, too. Yeah, and not for nothing, but Stoli was a huge pickup for us. You know, I really like his game. I, I think that he's been playing really solid for us and all of the fans. I, I think we said it last, last uh, episode, but all of the fans were like, bring back Nighters, you know, ship away Stolars. I, I just don't buy it. I really, I really like Anthony and let, um, let Niter kind of develop a little bit more in yeah. the AHL. No, I'm happy with the performance. Uh, was I impressed? Mm, yes, beyond impressed. <laughs> but I also tell people, it's like, you when, had me in the first half. <laughs> you know, it's like, don't count him out. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. I, I think he's the tallest goalie in the league. He's, I think. yeah, he's he's up there and for sure. He he showed out. You know, he got a. Thanks to his amazing performance, we bump up to the first in the East. I love it. Pomo says it best. I'm not complaining about the effort level. It's what they had to give. 
We just weren't sharp or fast, but our goalie was good. And a lot of nights, that's all that matters. And he could not be more right about that. Um, and I love Paul Maurice. I've, I've liked him since he first came to us. You know, I, I don't want to rehash anything with Joel Quenville, but, or even with Andrew Burnett. Um, but I'm really happy with, uh, with Pomo. And, uh, it's just funny because, uh, Maurice even said it a few weeks ago, like, uh, you know, a year ago, the, the fans wouldn't be chanting or, you know, uh, celebrating my, uh, the wins that he has in the league. That's what everybody was cheering when the package came on at the game. Um, so I, I just like how normal he is and that he is, I don't know, just like a normal guy, but just loves hockey. The guys love him and man, they go to war for him every night. Oh yeah. Well, us fans after the Buffalo game, we went on to, you know, social media, like we always after win after her beauty, her majesty, you know, um, sassy the cat and when the panthers post her up you know there she is in all her glory and us fans went to social media and we started dubbing the atlantic as the catlantic <laughs> you know uh right now as of january 1st the in nhl point leaders we got matthew kachuk in 17 games 32 points it's pretty pretty legit and he's more points i think when was, do, do you know when that is from? Was that before Saturday or after? That was after, uh, no, before. So oh, we haven't so even hit we haven't even Saturday hit game Saturday. yet. So Jesus. we haven't, you know, that's uh, coming up soon. But yeah, 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 before Saturday, yeah, in 17 games, racked up 32 points. Wow. Most in the league since January 1st. I mean, Matthew is pretty epic. We're really glad to have him. But uh, yeah, so moving on to our third game of the road trip we played our crosstown or cross state rivals the tampa bay lightning wearing their third jersey which you know we were talking about it on saturday and i still don't buy that because we didn't have a third jersey we couldn't have a third jersey it's our 30th season i'm pretty sure like yeah okay the ducks theirs was one of their old jerseys the sharks have a third jersey too and i'm pretty sure that's a new jersey i have to do a little bit more research into that but you know it's like fine you don't want me to spend my money i'm not going to spend my money then but um Guillermo and I made it out to the watch party at Funky Buddha. There were lots of fans. Um, and like I said earlier in the pod, we met some great fans, uh, Christina and Brian. They've been season ticket holders for 17 years, and they were uh, kind enough to chat it up with us. And we spent, you know, four hours just shooting yeah. the breeze, talking about yeah. the Panthers. Amazing. And guys, we're not sponsored by in any way by Funky Buddha at all. <laughs> but I do want to give the shout out to Funky Buddha for doing an amazing job at hosting us. Um, towards the end, everything was going well. Food, drinks, and everything was coming out. And in an amazing atmosphere. Uh, the, the Panthers the organization was there. Uh, Victory was there. Uh, Gabby was there. Uh, we have some cheerleaders were there. But, you know, amazing atmosphere at Funky Buddha. I love attending as much watch parties as I can because... It's a family environment. Everybody was friendly to one another. Like we, like we mentioned, Christina and Brian, amazing fans. Uh, right off the bat, I think we just found new friends. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah, uh, there are friends even if they don't want to be. <laughs> so game starts, and we're kind of just sitting, watching, talking, chit-chatting, and all of a sudden, a cheer goes up from like the six Lightning fans that are in attendance at the Ooh, watch party. Tomatoes. Yeah, and we're like, <laughs> what? And 
Brandon Hagel scores 26 seconds in. Kind of, you know, Bob gives up a little bit of a softy. And our thought was, is he going to close the door? And the answer is yes. He absolutely. And, you know, Brian even said it, our our new friend. He was like, you know what's going to happen? He's just going to shut the door. And um, he could not have been more right. Uh, I, I don't. I don't even really know how to describe how the rest of the game happened. It was just, it was pretty epic and coming from fans. And yes, I know I've really only been watching for 10 years. Guillermo has been watching for his whole life. Um, but coming from, from maybe a more recent fan, I definitely hate Tampa. They're still my least favorite team in the league. Um, and you know, it, it's reminiscent of Matthew when he got signed saying, I hate Tampa more. Um, and that's exactly how Pan fans feel so to see the absolute drubbing of the lightning when even four years ago that could not have been I mean it would have been the opposite like we would have been the ones uh yeah. to end up with with the score that we did and so when Hegel score a part of me was like you know what I knew this was gonna happen this is you know I know I said we are a dominant road team but when you're playing for that long and that short of a stretch you know, fatigue is going to kick in, you know, now you're going from upstate New York all the way down to South Florida. So it's like, it's going to, it's travel weary is going to kick your butt. And, but, um, and then our friend Brian was like, you know, this, uh, the streak started with Tampa. I wouldn't be surprised if it ends with Tampa, but I was like, no, nah, not at, we're, we're the comeback cats. Maybe this is that one goal caught us by surprise. And we're like, nope, now we're going to turn it, you know, turn and burn as a shake and bake, as uh, they say. And uh, we did not hold back. Yeah, we, once. Oof. So Mon- Brandon Montour scores from the point off a wild redirect right off of uh, uh, right off of the drop. And I mean, from there it was off and running. And I do have to give a little bit of credit where credit is due. Cause definitely puck luck was on our side. I mean, we did not stop. We were in their offensive zone a lot of time. Um, but I do have to give it up to, to the lightning goalies because, uh, you know, we started off against Vasilevsky and he led in five and, uh, then they brought in their second, uh, Jonas Johansson, who played for the Panthers as well. And, you know, it just, it did not matter what they did. Nope. It felt like any shot was going to go in. I think the final tally of shots was 33 for the Panthers, which meant that we scored nine on 33. Mm-hmm. That's a crazy metric. Um, and so, you know, you just have to take into account too, like I'm not taking anything away from the Panthers and what a game they had across the board. Um, Um, And it was super fun to watch. It was especially fun to be there at a watch party because like all of the fans there were like, this is ridiculous. Everybody was like, we want it. (laughs) We want. Oh my God. Yeah, it was pretty great. So Monty scores our first goal. Our second goal is from a no look pass from Chucky to Benny for a beauty to go up to one. Then speedy big man, Kevin Stenland, who still like, I don't know why, but in my head, his name is not Kevin, but I know it's Kevin. So I, but he doesn't look like a Kevin. Anyway, he scores in traffic three, one. And that's the thing, right? We never gave up. It was like, if we saw the puck, that little black disc, it was, we were chopping away at it. Then Gus scores five hole and it trickles in for one. Nobody saw that happening. Vasilevsky was like, what? (laughs) And lightning challenge for goalie interference, but lose because again, uh, there was no interference. He was hit on the wrist, not on the glove. 
Um, and so we go up on the power play. Chucky in front scores on the power play to go up 5 1, 23 seconds into the second. Just, my God, the Panthers are just rolling. And when they get in a game like this, you almost feel as a fan like, First of all, in my head, it's not like, oh, we're invincible. It's like we have to keep pouring it yeah. on. We can't let the lightning back in because the lightning could, and they have. So we kept pouring it on. Vassy is pulled going into the third. We get Giannis Johansson, uh, Sammy to Carter for goal number seven, Chucky to Benny for number eight on the power play top shelf. And my comment in my notes app is, what is this game? I've never seen this happen before. As yeah. a Panther fan all my life, it's like, is this finally happening to us? Like, is this how it feels to be on the other end? You know, where it's like, we're not being as um, conservative, as I say. We're, we're just like, we don't care who you are. You're Tampa. And we're going to show you who runs this state. And I'm going to knock on wood because <laughs> yeah, I don't want to jinx it. Um, <laughs> it's like, this is our state. And as they shouted last year, we want Florida. This is the Florida they're talking about. The mm -hmm. Florida Panthers, not you guys. Ooh, just giving me the chills there. <laughs> Yeah, and so Carter finishes us off with number nine on the night. What can't we do? We are the sixth team in NHL history with 11 consecutive road wins. If we win a 12th, we will only be the third team to mm -hmm. win 12. Um, so that would be pretty epic. But as with all things, I kind of tend to say, uh, let's just take it one game at a time. I think Lomberg said that in his last interview Um after one of the games, he said, we're not looking at winning a consecutive game. We're not looking at, you know, scoring 10 goals. We're just we're just looking at each game and, and taking it game by game. Now, of course, the, everybody's looking at the standings. The final for the game was 9-2. So they did score one, one final goal against us really late. So not like they could come back from it. Um, but the standings are the standings and we are first in the Atlantic. Catlantic. Right. Catlantic. We are not. So prior to this game on Saturday, we were tied with the Bruins and then they lost in overtime so they went one point ahead of us so we needed a regulation win to jump them so not only by winning against tampa did we jump them in uh the point standings but we also have more regulation wins than mm -hmm. they do now i don't know about guillermo but i have said this and i will continue saying this i do not want to win the president's trophy if you you know i'd like to be first in the atlantic just because it makes it uh, arguably an easier road to the cup. Um, but I do not want the president's trophy. Keep it far away from South Florida. But, um, yeah, I mean, what a world of difference from where we were last February. Yeah, and you know what? For all the people at the beginning of the season that says, you know what? The Florida Panthers, they have their moment of shine last year. I don't think they're going to even be in the talks of the playoffs. They're going to be out of the playoff coming on this year. You know, let's all give the Panthers some credit, some due, but, you know, this is not going to happen. They're not going to be in the playoff talk. And look at us now. Yeah, you know what? I, I love it. I love proving people wrong, and... I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say anything more than that, but I just love the the grit and the competition from our boys. And 
you know, they're playing the game the right way and, and winning the right way. And honestly losing the right way too. Like we've had some stinkers of games this year. I'm not going to say that we haven't, but a lot of our losses have just been okay. It just wasn't enough, you know? Um, and so, and that's nice too. Um, yeah, I mean, so another long episode, a lot (laughs) of information to have covered today. Um, let us know on, uh, on Instagram, if there's anything you want us to talk about, cause there's still so much, uh, so much to cover this week. We have a couple of games coming up. We have on Tuesday, we're back home against the senators. So it's going to be the battle of the Kachuk brothers. Can't wait to see what, yeah. uh, I want, I can't wait for in arena to pan to, to grandma Kachuk. <laughs> She's just going to be sitting there again. Like, mm, not approve of this. <laughs> And then on Thursday, we are playing away at uh, the Carolina Hurricanes. It's going to be a good game. It should be a very good game. And then on Saturday, the 24th, we play again at home against Ovi and the Capitals. It's going to be another great game. Another one, another one. So three games, and uh, we will talk about those three games next podcast. Uh, But in the meantime, y'all have a great week, and uh, thanks for listening. Thank you guys for everything. Bye.